You ready? Yeah, let's roll. All right. Do you tip at a takeout counter? So say you order Chinese food. Over the phone, you go in, you go to the counter. They've got it ready for you. They just hand it to you. You hand them your card. You pay for it. Do you tip? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. The only time that I would never tip is if I honestly got some sort of uh, runaround or somebody was you know rude. Only time I would not tip. I tip as – I never carry cash with me, so – there have been times where I've actually gone back to people that I think have done a good job and I've brought them like like something or and I've promised them I've come back and I've come back. But takeout, absolutely. What about at Sonic? Do you tip at Sonic? Yes. I will tip at Sonic, yes. What's the worst job you ever had? <laughs> Next question. Whoa, what? It's not this one. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not it's not this one. Um, there have been, uh, I was a, I was an accountant for a big four firm for six years. Okay. Is that good enough? That was the worst one. All right. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. So if you weren't working for the Texans, what would you be doing right now? What would your occupation be, your career? I would be coaching or scouting. Okay. I think those two are, you know, probably up my alley. And I kind of do those a, like in a minor, minor, minor way, mm-hmm. but I would probably have done that. I think. Had I not gotten into the um, the media side of life, I think after I had done my six years at at Ernst and Young, I would have I would have said to my wife, "I need to go back into coaching, scouting." And while I was at Ernst and Young, I tried to get in the scouting world, just couldn't find the right fit, and I had, at that point had not really done it. So, and I and I haven't done it officially, but I've done it a whole heck of a lot more since I've been in the building, um, been going to combine, senior bowls, kind of things to make my draft evaluation hopefully a little bit better. But that all said, uh, I I think I would be in teaching or I would be in uh, coaching or scouting. Best song from the nineteen eighties is uh, best song from the nineteen eighties is wow this is a, this is a really good one. It is the the first thing that came to mind was "Can You Stand the Rain" by New Edition. That's the first one that came to mind. Hmm. The second one that came to mind was Tender Love by Force MDs, which is a tremendous piano song. I love, love that. Um, oh, here's another one that I like, which is way off the beaten path. Come on, Eileen, Dex's Midnight Runners. Okay. I love that song. All right. That's the only one I could sing on the three. <laughs> Rank the Harrises. John Harris, which is you. Okay. Major Harris, the former West Virginia quarterback. Yeah. Ed Harris, the famous actor. Mm-hmm. Doogie Howser, a.k.a. Neil Patrick Harris, mm-hmm. and Cliff Harris, who just got into the Hall of Fame. Although it was too late. He should have gotten in earlier. Uh, I am, for the Cowboys I am certainly last. Okay. Doogie Howser I'm putting first because that is one talented, talented dude. Okay. Singing, acting, I think he can do it all. Uh, Cliff Harris would go next because he played safety, and he did it with the best horseshoe sort of mullet and mustache you've ever seen. Okay. Um, he probably should have been an actor on a, on a buddy cop movie at some point, maybe <laughs> Starsky and Hutch, something like that. Major Harris would go next. Ooh. Ed Harris was good. <clears throat> he was good. I, I like Ed Harris, but I'm going to have to put him next to me because I just feel like, yeah, he's an actor. He's great. But Neil Patrick Harris could do a little bit of everything. And then I'm, I'm down at the bottom. Okay. What's the last thing you cooked? I cooked shrimp creole before we went to the combine. 
shrimp creole. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. That. I cook shrimp creole because is that, a, is that a recipe you already knew or? Did you yeah, I've had that. I've had a recipe for a long time. I had a buddy of mine at college who was from Oklahoma who had. All his relatives were from Louisiana. Okay. And so the Super Bowl, the first of the Cowboys' 90 Super Bowls. Yep. The, the 92 the team beat the Bills. At the Rose Bowl. That afternoon, you know, we both were Cajun Cajun food fans, and we could um, we just love Cajun food. We couldn't get it in Providence. So we're like, well, let's make it. I was like, dude, you, you know, you get some recipes from home. And so they sent up recipes for shrimp creole, crochet etouffee, red beans, and rice. And so our Super Bowl party that year. We had we made all those things and we just kept all those recipes and my wife that of those, my wife will eat shrimp creole and loves shrimp creole. She doesn't like the crawfish too face, doesn't like the red beans and rice, but she loves the shrimp creole. So before we went out of town and when I make it, it's a big bat, so it carries us for like two, three days. And people in the house kind of sick. My wife's not feeling that great. I wasn't feeling all that great. So the shrimp creole is a nice, nice mix. Taiwan Jones is still the leader for the longest time elapsed since cooking. Hadn't cooked since three years ago, Mother's Day. Wow. Yeah. Am I the shortest? Uh, no, you're you're kind of right on par with everybody else. It's whether it's DeAndre Carter, DJ yep. Sidhu. Mm-hmm. You've been pretty good about. All right. You've cooked lately. Um. Okay. So you just brought up college. Most people know this. You were teammates at Brown University with Bill O'Brien, head coach of the Texans. Mm-hmm. But who's the most famous player you ever played against? Whether it was in college or in high school, because you played down here in. Texas, mm-hmm. you played some pretty good high school ball. Y'all made the playoffs. Most famous player um, or best player? Hmm. We'll see. Um, the In high school, we faced a guy by the name of A.C. Tillerson in football and basketball. He ended up playing football at University of Miami. Uh, he was a dude. In college, we played Jay Fiedler. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Dartmouth. Um, okay. I coached against, I don't know if you remember this name, but he's an offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Max Starks. Mm-hmm. Max Starks was the biggest human being I've ever seen in my life. We, I had gotten their tape to study them, and their two tackles were big. And so as I'm watching, I'm like, ah, you know, the, left t- the right tackle is probably like 240. Mm-hmm. You know, Starks is probably big for high school, like 270 maybe, something like that. So that's kind of what I had in my mind, and so I was talking to the head coach, and and that right tackle comes out, and I'm like, holy cow, he's like three, he's like two ninety, two ninety five. That means that the other guy's got to be, oh my god, and he walks out, and he's six eight, three forty five, and he's a junior in high school, and I'm like, that guy, that guy's gonna be, that guy's gonna be unbelievable. I think the best player I've ever seen live, the very first game that I ever saw in in, in Houston. I moved here. I was 11 years old. It was the first time I had gone to the Dome. The second time, sorry. Second time I had gone to the Dome. The first time was to see the Buccaneers and the Oilers preseason game. Later that year, the kickoff game of the 1983 football season was Willow Ridge versus Bay City. Willow Ridge had a running back by the name of Thurman Thomas. Pretty good. And Bay City had a wide receiver. Hartley Dykes. By the name of Hartley Dykes. Yeah. And they were playing one another. And I had just moved from Wisconsin. I had never seen high school football like this. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Dad, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Right. You know, I was in sixth grade. I was like, I can't. I can't do this. This is ridiculous. Look at, these, look at that guy. Look at that guy. He's 6'3", 215, and he just ran by everybody. And then look at 34, you know, Thurman Thomas. I, I mean, I was totally panicked. I was 12 years old. Uh, it ended up working out because you, you know, sort of adapt to wherever you sure. are. And, 
But Hardly Dykes versus Thurman Thomas. I'll never forget this. It was the very first game that I ever saw. What was your first car? You turned 16 in 1988. So what was your first car? Well, uh, I didn't. I drove my parents' cars, and so they all had they had Toyotas, Toyota Tercel, Toyota Corolla. Um, so I drove. Um, Talking like mid eighties. Yeah. Models, yeah. Um, what was the um, the one that I drove for a long time was my parents' Toyota, not Corolla. What's the step up from the Corolla? Whatever the step up from Camry. The, Camry. Yeah. Okay. I drove my parents' Camry throughout high school, but it was my parents'. It wasn't mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They allowed me to drive it whenever. When I got, I didn't need one in college, and so when I got out of college, I got my very first one was a Subaru Impreza, and I had it for two years, and I was driving to school, and as I was driving to school, there been a teacher driving to school. Yeah, I was a teacher driving to school, and I was driving, and all of a sudden, as I left my my uh, condominium complex, and I turned a corner, and I there was a massive rain the night before, and there was a huge flood. But I didn't know how bad it was, so I just tried to – I figured it was just for, a, you know, kind of a, a few feet. And so I got through that, and I turned a corner, and now I was stuck because now it was both ways. And I didn't know what to do, and so I was just like, I'm going to plow through it. So I plowed through it. My car died by the end of the afternoon. So Uh-oh. that was the death of the Subaru Impreza. What actor would portray you in the John Harris biopic? Well, I know a lot of people will say Jonathan Lipnicki. <laughs> so, so for people that – so people that have because the human head weighs eight pounds. Well, that plus they. When I was at fifteen sixty, my first radio gig, they used to they used to make fun of me because I had these black horn rim glasses, and they used to think that I that Jonathan Nicky the kid looked like what I would have looked like as a kid. <laughs> and so you combine that with my propensity to kind of go off, you know, go off on rants every now and again. They used to they used to call me Mount Lipnicky, and so Jonathan Lipnicky would probably probably play me but i would probably want i would probably want dennis quaid to play me not to lighten his hair a little bit but i'd want dennis quaid because he's got houston connections it's not bad. Uh, and i think he's a cool cool guy i would like him to play me he's a texans fan he was yes. at kickoff at the coin toss when the texans beat the Bengals in the first ever playoff game wow in franchise history okay your favorite oiler of all time Oh, hmm. favorite. Oh, oh. now we got to keep in mind when, when I, so when I was growing up, I was always, you know, who played my position and I played receiver and safety. And so I really focused on those particular positions. And I, like I said, I moved here in 83. So I missed the love you blue Oilers. So I, I really watched and focused on Blaine Bishop okay. because he played my position. Like, That's I played one. safety, he played safety. So I really liked watching him play. I thought he was crafty. I thought he was smart. I thought he was physical. He didn't back down from anybody. But Blaine, Blaine Bishop was – I was a huge, huge fan of Blaine Bishop. Favorite Astro of all time? I was always a Bagwell guy. I love Bagwell. I just – everything about him just – his batting stance, just the violence with which he swung the bat. Mm-hmm. I I loved him. And I remember I, in 94, I just graduated Brown, and I had finally moved on my own to Jacksonville. And I was this about, year, man. That was a- I was about to start. I was starting my, um, my teaching career. And so I had moved to Jacksonville. And so I moved there so I could help the varsity team during two days. So school hadn't started yet. So basically I was coaching football 
during the, you know, during the day. And then it was like, I didn't really know anybody in Jacksonville. So I'm just kind of hanging out in my apartment, but I'm like, I'm on my own. I can watch whatever I want on TV. I can eat whatever I want. And I was like, baseball. Yes, I can watch all the baseball I want. And then they go on strike. <laughs> and so that was the year that, that Jeff obviously had a great year, but I was always, I was always a big, a big Bagwell fan. He was, he was, he was definitely um, the player that I would have wanted to be. Just the violence with which he hit the baseballs. Like, oh, I loved it. And all of those people, I always love when people say, hey, hey, he was a great base runner, too. Because <laughs> yeah, he, he was, but it's like, he, okay, right. Right. <laughs> right. He was a, look, he was a good all-around player. But, but just the way he hit the baseball, oh, I was, I was always envious of the way he hit the baseball. Got him for Larry Anderson. Great deal. Okay, favorite rocket ever? Dream. Yeah, favorite non-dream I mean, rocket of all time. I mean, I think dream is easy. Um, favorite non-dream rocket. You know, it's funny. Uh, my friend always said uh, Lewis Lloyd uh, back in the, the mid to late '80s. He was just so he was just kind of quirky in a lot of things that he did. I I liked Otis Thorpe because Otis did the little. He did the little things. Mm-hmm. He he did a lot of the little things. Um, but as crazy as it maybe sounds, probably my favorite non-dream athlete just because he had no chill whatsoever, and that's Vernon Maxwell. Yeah, he was fun to watch. Mad Max was just go after you. Yeah, he was so and he he could defend Jordan. He could go off, and to me, to me, the game that's never really talked about all that much, and I think it should be, is Game Three of the '94 Western Semis against Phoenix, the Choke City. Series mm-hmm, mm-hmm. down 0 2, go to Phoenix and gotta win yeah. against the defending Western champions. And Vernon goes off, he goes off. And I just, I loved, and I didn't have cable in my dorm. And so we had planned that weekend, a friend of mine and I had planned to go to Cooperstown to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And so we were gonna drive from Providence up there. And it's a little, it's a decent drive, but it's a beautiful drive. So we get up to Cooperstown, and we got we got a place, um, you know, kind of a bed and breakfast sort of thing, and they had cable, and I was able to watch. Hmm. I was able to watch that game, and I just remember trying to be quiet watching this game, and Max is going berserk, and I just loved the fact that there was just no no chill. He'd defend you, he'd take you to the rack. I mean, I was gutted the next year when he just up and yeah, that, that was that was I, I hated that. Okay, last one. It's a baker's dozen here. Okay. Pizza or hamburgers? That's so hard. If I could have a pizza of hamburgers or a hamburger style pizza, um, I would I would be living large. I my I I'm gonna say hamburgers. Okay. But to me, the grilled pizza at Bob and Timmy's in Providence, Rhode Island is maybe the best thing I've ever had in my life. But if you had to choose between hamburgers or pizza, you're going with burgers. Overall, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with burgers. Okay, what's on the perfect burger? Well, you gotta have cheese. That's the Wisconsin part. What type? Um see that I, I like to change I like to change mine up, but I American cheese, bacon, and those are the two things you got to have on there. Now, at that point, you can put anything else really you want to on it, but I, I don't go crazy on the veggies. I don't. I don't really go crazy on the veggies, and I like to change up my sauces. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I feel a little sweeter, so I'm barbecue sauce on there. Um, I'll kind of, I'll kind of change things up a little bit. But 
there's a there's a local establishment that puts fried bacon on their burger. Yeah. And I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. <laughs> I was like, this is phenomenal. And, and my son loved it, too. So you can put cheese and bacon on a burger with ketchup and mayo. I like ketchup and mayo. Mayo is the thing that started for me when I moved here. Because mm-hmm. that was just not. When you ask for mayo from Wisconsin, they're like, huh? You want what? And I'm like, okay, forget it. That started for me when I got here. Now I put mayo on pretty much every burger I have. That's that's my perfect burger. Double meat, two slices American cheese, bacon, ketchup, mayo, done. Brioche bun, shut it down. And we are shutting this down. This has been a Drew's Dozen. Hey, uh, you and I do in the lab all the time. I'm glad you did this with me. Yeah, thanks, man. So that was fun. We'll see you again. All right, buddy.